rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new, let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, it's all about the rules. We talk explaining and interpreting rules, as well as how to judge rule infractions. In the dice roll, we'll give some tips for escape room in the box games, and we have a special out-of-the-state escape room report, and of course, our Friday favorites. Lauren, the best way to define a game, I think in general, is that you have a fun activity that people are taking place in, but there has to be strictures and guidelines Mm -hmm. so that you know how to play, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we can't just all be making up Calvin balls we go a lot. You know, just like, oh, if I touch the fourth tree from the left, then it's free home base or whatever, you know? Yeah. One of the most fundamental parts about uh, our hobby of, you know, board games and everything is... Tons and tons and tons of rules. Yes. And rule books galore. Rule books galore. <laughs> Thankfully, I have a pretty good memory for a lot of these things. So uh-huh. pretty much I'm the walking rule book. And for... you're good at interpreting them. Because even I will sometimes look at a rule book and just be like, I don't know what they mean. Like It's because I'm a Gemini and I can see things <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I'm kind of the walking rule book of our group. Like whenever we have a game that we've been playing in a while, Greg, how do we play this again? Yeah. Or oh, even, well, clearly it's, you know. Even if we get a new game, it's Greg, how do we play this? Yeah. <laughs> but the problem that I've even come across is sometimes explaining a new game to people can be a bit difficult because there could be extra rules that are more complicated or there's just a ton to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd kind of talk about ways in which it's best to explain rules to people and then later on we're going to get into how to deal with when the rules get broken or Uh misunderstood Mm -hmm. so first of all we have the idea of explaining rules to people now what what's your opinion of this lauren how would you go about if you had to explain the rules of a game to like let's say your mom or dad Well, I mean, first, I would obviously need to really be brushed up on the rules myself. Yeah. So it would be about really learning it. And then I would never, don't read the rule book to your friends. No. That's not going to, exactly. Do not just stand there and get on a pulpit like at church and just read it off. Yeah. I would explain it to them as briefly as I could and then just be like, let's start playing and you'll catch on as we go. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are visual learners. Yes, exactly. Now, the whole let's start playing and you'll catch on as we go along, that works for some games, uh-huh. you know, that, that are like more simple with basic things like Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. or like Munchkin or something where it's like this essentially like a three-step process for every turn uh-huh. and then you're done, you know. But for something more complex, I usually like to go through the game ahead of time and take out key pieces that will come up and uh-huh. they kind of make like an example, a physical example of yeah. all these things for them. Like here's this kind of a token. Yeah. When you get this and you put it over here and you can show yourself putting yeah. it over there. Yeah, or here are some examples of some of the cards you're going to see. This is what this symbol means. That's what that symbol here's means. Here's this kind of combination you can do with this and that and the other thing. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then of course there's the idea of the sample round or the sample game even if it's a short thing you know where we're just going to go through this you know with everything like especially in games like a card game like munchkin Uh i remember one of the first times i tried to teach someone to play i played with my hand face up so they can see what i had in my hand and i can Uh explain it and i could show like i'm now choosing to play this because it is the appropriate time to do so Mm kind of thing but i think another way that some people kind of prefer nowadays it's just a simple YouTube video. 
Yeah. There's tons of Let's Play videos or how to play videos online for pretty much any game as soon as it comes out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really looking forward to that villainous game. Yeah. But when it came out, and I swear the day we finally learned it hit shelves, there's already three videos up by some of the major uh, people, like yeah, Dice Tower. Yeah, because they get preview copies. Yeah, so like they were like on the spot with like, here's how you play this game. You yeah. Know? And I think maybe even just saying, hey guys, we're going to take 15 minutes to watch this. Mm -hmm. Because those guys, you know, as much as we enjoy what we're doing, these guys are even more professional, and yeah, they know how to job, yeah, they know how to explain it to people mm -hmm. to make you fully understand in the most easy. And then they go through, I'm sure, hours editing. Yeah, I used to take about half an hour for these things. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think you know the that's the good thing about. I mean, just in general, I think as a culture now, YouTube is where we turn to sometimes when we need to learn stuff. I mean, I've watched YouTube to figure out how to like open up my drain. It's a new it encyclopedia, really. Yeah, exactly. So I think the fact that there's tons of game tutorials out there is it's just another way to easily help everyone learn and it's if you're not really because not everyone's good at that not everyone's mm -hmm. good at explaining the rules you happen to be very good at it so i don't think Thank there's you. any shame in opening up the video and having everybody watch but even still i would say and i've said this before in previous episodes and i'll say it again if it is your game that you're bringing to the you're table, you're responsible for it. You're responsible for being able to answer any follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. So really, you should watch that video once or twice. You should read through the rule book once or twice. Yeah. Maybe even do a mock game with yourself and like a ghost player. You know, mm -hmm. just like put down the hand or the tokens for some yeah. imaginary person next to you and just kind of play through. And don't just watch one video too. Like yeah. maybe watch a couple because sometimes, you know, one maybe will forget to tell you something that another one or will. just their method of teaching is different yeah well that's the thing too also a good thing is if you kind of do this a lot like if you're if you're kind of an enthusiast you're going to kind of find the ones that i really like this person's way of doing mm -hmm. it whereas maybe you know yes dice tower is sort of the gold standard but maybe their method or their videos don't appeal to you as much and that's fine maybe there's someone else who their method of how they explain it works better for you or maybe there is a person that you particularly watch and they just just are more in it for the entertainment value so they're not really getting into like why this rule makes sense uh -huh. or how it conjunctions with that or whatever you know so yeah yeah it's kind of like um tabletop with will wheaton they explain the rules but very quickly and then it's more about them playing and then and that's a great example yeah because with tabletop uh and that show which i really hope they bring back but i, I, I think it's dead by now mm. um what they would also do in that show and if you watch it you can see this is they will address a rule for the audience when it comes up. Yeah. At the very beginning, they get the basics for how it works, but the second some side rule comes up, then they kind of pause the video, bring up some graphic that explains, like, mm. you know, usually with the cute mascot, yeah. here's this and why which, he's doing this. Which works good because giving the audience just a rule dump at the beginning isn't yeah. isn't very engaging content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Though the only problem with doing the whole kind of like learn as you play thing is sometimes people are like, oh, but I was doing so well and this doesn't count. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember one time uh, I was playing a game with uh, our group. And I, to tell the truth, I don't remember what game it was exactly, but I remember it was one of our friends and I said like, okay, so that was a practice round. So now let's reset and start again. And she was like, but I was doing super well. It kind of sucks that like, I now have to give this up. Yeah. It's like, well, but maybe Lauren wasn't doing super well because she didn't get it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, how do you deal with this, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where we get to the second part of our topic here, which is um, how to deal with rural infractions mm -hmm. or 
world breaks, you know, uh-huh. mid-game. Yeah. I actually had a very um, real experience with this just recently while playing the game Villainess. So our mm-hmm. friends have it. And what happened was, in the middle of the game, uh, I was talking to my friend Chris. And my other friend, she made a move that was illegal for her character to do at that time. Mm-hmm. She moved cards from one spot to another, and she didn't play the right square or the right card to do that. And I kind of turned back and I said, oh, how did you get your, your guy over there? Because she was playing Prince John, and she moved someone like from one square to another. Uh-huh. And she goes, oh, because I did this action that says I can move a card. I'm like, no, you can move your cards, not the hero cards at the top. Mm-hmm. So it was like this whole thing. And then the problem was that she had done that at the beginning of her turn, and everything else that she did for her entire turn was, was based that. upon that movement. And her entire uh-huh. strategy for the next couple of rounds was hinged upon that one movement. Mm-hmm. So then it was a matter of like, does she take it back and completely wreck her game? Mm-hmm. Much less, can she remember where everything was before she put it back? Do we let this go? Do we just restart? She was like, well, I guess we just had to restart the game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't remember what the heck I just did. And really in that moment, it was just kind of like a, well, let's just let it go. Yeah. And we'll just remember you can't do that in the future. Yeah. Well, and also it could be just uh, like, we'll let it go. Just don't do it again. Yeah. Or, you know, we've also had, I think the first time we played Ticket to Ride, we played it wrong. And we, we played did. it wrong a couple times we until did. we realized. And then it was just sort of like, oh, well, we just won't do that again. You know? Yeah. And I mean, we've had that like mid game where we realized we're playing this wrong. And it's like, well, we're already into this. So let's just continue playing it the way we're playing it, mm-hmm. and we'll just know better for next time. I remember when I first got Pandemic, mm-hmm. and I was playing it with our good old friend Kevin. We thought, the two of us, if you just manage to wipe a disease off the board, it's gone and eradicated. Uh-huh. You don't need, to, and then you just need to find the cure for it to mop up later. Mm. Not that you need to find, need the, to cure, find the cure, and then it can be eradicated. So uh-huh. we were like, wow, this game's super easy. <laughs> like, if you don't even start with blue and you get the cure right away, whatever, you know, mm. like, you know, kind of thing. So it was, <laughs> we were making the game like way simpler than it had to be. But yeah, so I think when it comes to situations like that, about someone broke a rule, you really need to evaluate uh, a couple things. First of all, how easy is this to fix? Because uh-huh. in the situation that I explained, very difficult, especially if she didn't remember, you know, because it's also late at night after a long day of working and, you know, then this is like most of the way through the game and this uh-huh. game can go on for a little while. Yeah, as we found. <laughs> Watch out if you play it with a ton of people because it, it can drags, go on for yeah. a long time. Ideally, it's for three or four. Yeah. You can go up to six, but ideally if it's th- three to four. Six, it will take you all night. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so like she honestly could not remember what she did other mm-hmm. than I also did that, you know. So how much effort is it to take it back? And then also like... You have to remember, the point of a game is enjoyment. Yeah. How much of a buzzkill is it going to be to make them take it back? Mm-hmm. How much of a buzzkill is it going to be for you if they proceed forward yeah. with this incorrect move? Because for her to move the thing there, yeah, sure, it plays into some strategy that she has, and she may be more win now than she'd had if she did not do that. But at the same time... She could develop a strategy if she knew how to play it better, mm-hmm. you know, to get around that. And I'm playing with my own strategy. Yeah, and it, so, I mean, in that game, especially because everyone has their own strategy, and although your actions do affect each other, they don't directly affect each other. Yeah. So, so it's not quite that big of a deal. So when she throws her hands up in the air and says, I guess we have to start over, 
that's a big sign saying like we were about the fun to, just got sucked out of yeah, this. Yeah, we're about to lose game night here. Yeah, and let's not do that. Mm. You know, it's better to just continue on and say, okay, well, just you know, so you know for next time, that's how it is. Yeah. You know, it's this symbol means this, not that. And so and, essentially, and she's like, cool. Yeah. You know. So essentially, what our two main rules so far are: don't just read the rule book to your friends. Nobody likes that, and don't be a rule Nazi. Yeah. Well, we like to say rule lawyer nowadays, Lauren. True. We like to say rule warrior. Well, that's because Nazis have come back, so we we don't understand. True. True. But we also don't know the uh, cultural and um, religious makeup of our audience. True. So maybe Nazi's an <laughs> offensive term. Anyways, I'm just I'm as I say that I'm looking at a picture on Lauren's wall of Knights by Elie Wiesel, <laughs> the famous book about a boy going through the Holocaust. So, but yeah, so yeah, definitely make sure that you judge the fact of how much is this important Mm -hmm. to like the enjoyment of the game yeah that this gets taken back versus because i mean if i'm playing risk and someone just like dumps like three giant cannons on the board that are worth 10 each and like no you only get two guys not all of that yeah it's kind of you know it's one of those you have to kind of look at it is how big of an infraction is it like Mm -hmm. how how much is it going to sort of wreck the game because some games you know games are like very cleverly balanced out Mm -hmm. so if you break a rule hard enough you could like upend that balance completely and the game will get wrecked but if it's something small like in your case where it doesn't really affect anyone else's game yeah then it's not such a big deal it just makes her game a little easier maybe she'll win a little bit easier but to tell mm -hmm. the truth prince john's pretty broken anyways in that game and he wins a lot so (laughs) yeah because all he has to do is get money but um but yeah, so it's it's kind of, you have to kind of, it, there's a sliding scale almost. Yeah, and it's just, you got to evaluate what's the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. How much am I losing versus gaining if I force this, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where we come to the whole, yeah, don't be a rules lawyer or rules yeah. Nazi because they just suck the fun out of everything. Yeah, exactly. And the purpose of game night is to have fun. Yeah. I mean, we actually are just getting back into playing D&D again after a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. And we're finally switching over to the 5th edition. We were stuck in 4th for a while just because I had bought a bunch of books of 4th and I wanted to go through <laughs> yeah. them, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I've kind of come to it with a new a new attitude of, like, we're not going to get super heavy into the rules. We're just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Because I'll admit, I was a problem for when we used to play it because I would be so hung up on the rules and like you can do this you can't do that and I had to like dig through the books and like how do you calculate how far you can jump mm-hmm. and I should have just said sure you make it why not <laughs> yeah like okay maybe your foot doesn't plant but you can reach out and grab right like <laughs> it, it's more fun to just go along with it it's, uh-huh. it's like that um that Jim Carrey movie yes man just say yes and move on yeah or it's kind of like the um the rules for um improv yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and. Yes, right? and, yeah. So so pretty much it's just what's going to be more enjoyable, what's going to keep everyone's spirits up, and really ask yourself, is this going to wreck everyone else's game? Because mm-hmm. like I said, if it's some totally egregious thing, where like they're just they're drawing five cards at a time and they should only have one or two, mm-hmm. and they're putting all these in the book, well, you're not, you're not even playing. You're just wanting to win. Yeah. You know? And if you're playing with someone who just wants to win, maybe not the person you want to play with too true, much. You know? True, true, yeah. Do you have any tips for like navigating rule books? Because sometimes rule books can be quite. You know... uh, yes, I actually do. That's a great question, Lauren. Um, that I totally didn't write down and have you read in front of me. <laughs> I did not. It was just. You, you realize? Know, stretch it, stretch I, it. I, I, no, you realize I'm going to keep that in, <laughs> except cut that out. <laughs> no, but I, I was actually taught this by my dad when it mm-hmm. came to studying for school. Right. 
uh, you always read things three times. You know, the first time you're gonna say, what the heck was that? Mm -hmm. Second time you're gonna say, okay, I kind of get it. And hopefully the third time you'll understand better. You know, and I would definitely take notes on any parts that seem weird, mm -hmm. you know? So if you are going through a, a, a game that has a really dense rule book, like there's actually one that I have that I love to death, but the rest of our group hates. Mm -hmm. Invasion from Outer Space. Oh, yes. Uh, it's all about Martians versus circus folk. Mm -hmm. And it's a, such a fantastic game by Flying Frog Productions. I love their company, but it's just their rule books are so dense and thick. Mm -hmm. It is like pages and pages and pages. So especially if you have something like that, make yourself a cheat sheet. You know, just write out a quick little like, okay, it's plus five for aliens to hit with their ray guns, you know. Or for him to jump over the thing, it's, he has to get this, you know. And honestly, just, yeah, take a couple of notes as if you were studying for a class. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, we're not going to quiz you on this, you know. And once again, if you're the one teaching rules and you get a rule wrong, who's going to know, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, the problem is not all rule books are created equal, too. No. Some, some games have really, like, nicely crafted rule books. Mm -hmm. Some games don't. <laughs> and worst case scenario, go online to a forum. Mm -hmm. BoardGameGeek.com, Reddit, you know, yeah. all of these have great forums. Where people ask questions and they get answered. Yeah, and I, I would say like there are probably very few games that you're going to come across now that don't have a YouTube video too, like we talked about. Yeah. So you know, if you're too lost, always turn to YouTube. Mm -hmm. If you do get confused, you know, search online, mm -hmm. like I said, or poll the group. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do. If we're honestly in the middle of something, I just ask the group, hey. Here's the situation. Here's how I'm reading it. Mm -hmm. Here's how she's reading it, or how I could also see it. Which way do we want? I actually had that happen uh, to us recently when we were playing a game, um, a, a card game for a Smash Up. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I remember where I was playing, and I was being honest. I said, I think this card and the way it's worded, and oh my gosh, wording on cards yeah. can be the life and death of like rules lawyers. Uh. You know? But I said the way this card is worded, I can see it either you know, letting me do a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or I can see it stopping after I do the one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that I see it both ways equally. I'm going to put it out to the rest of the group. Which way do you guys see this? Mm -hmm. You know, because trying to do the whole, like, you know, golem hoarding mentality, like, oh, it's going to be this way because yeah. I want to win. You're not going to win that. If you stand, if you enter into a standoffish attitude of, like, it's this way and that's the way it's going to be because that benefits me the most. Yeah. Then everyone's gonna say, "Forget you!" Like yeah. you're just trying to like edge your way out of a victory. Mm -hmm. But if you come to the table saying, "I understand that this is ambiguous. I I can see how this can be read one way or the other, and I'm leaving it to the rest of you to decide." I think that puts people in a more accepting mood. Maybe they all don't see it your way, and that's fine. But then when it comes to them and they have something that's ambiguous, hopefully they won't do the standoffish thing. They'll come to you and let you decide upon them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, and we kind of always have the rule too of if it comes down to where like there's a decision and no one really understands, like people are, aren't quite sure and they're all fighting about the rule, mm -hmm. The person who makes the final decision is the person who owns the game. Yeah, that's the final. That's that's what we call the Munchkin clause in my yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. It's like the owner of the game gets final say. Yeah. essentially. And I think that's a fair, like, arbitrary decision. Mm -hmm. You know, just what do you think? So, yeah. I mean, we've been playing games where I had that issue, and you were the one who owned it, and you didn't have a vote. You were like neutral, so we had to look to you and say, "Okay, Lauren, <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you say about that?" And you're like, "I, I guess." <laughs> I think, yeah, Lauren being neutral is pretty much describes me in most situations. <laughs> yeah. Not to be mean, but yeah, I would say so. Kind of like um, 
Well, yeah, we have, they're already planning our Christmas party at work. Oh, and Lord. they came to me and they're like, do you want to go here? Or do you want to go here? And I was like, I literally do not care. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be there that day anyways. <laughs> I realized I planned to be quote sick that day. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to summarize my lecture upon the rules of rules, <laughs> I would say, you know, know the game well before you start. Mm-hmm. If you have any issues, do the research, you know, read through it, do your notes Find a way to make the introduction to the rules entertaining and educative. And not too long. And not too long. Yeah, if you're taking more than five minutes, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a major game, but even still. Yeah. Just say, we'll get to that point. It is okay to say, we will explain that when we get to it. Yeah. That's fine. You know, but like the very basic of like, here's how you move, here's how you do this, whatever, that should take no more than five minutes. Yeah, and if you're if you're teaching a game to someone brand new like that you shouldn't be playing it to where you're like super competitive no. to where you're like i'm gonna wipe the floor with you loser you know like you you're teaching this to them yeah so that's why it's okay to kind of stop and say we'll get to that when we get there yeah um and then you know just remember that the focus of gaming night is fun mm-hmm. if you're doing something and it feels like it's about to just pull the plug on everything don't do that mm-hmm. you know just let it go you can point up politely you're not actually allowed to do that. That was an improper move. And if it feels like that taking it back is going to be too much effort, we'll go forward. But mm-hmm. yeah, just for next time. Next time, know that that's not a that's not going to fly in this mm-hmm. uh, in this house. Get out, <laughs> please. Thank you. That would definitely ruin game night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, did you need your parking validated? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Greg, I think it's time to roll the dice. Well, Lauren, you see, for rolling the dice, you have to follow the proper rules. You have to pick it up with your left hand. Okay, so one of the things that you and I have been kind of trying to do lately, because we do love escape rooms. Anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows we love escape rooms. Yeah. Well, there's this new phenomenon because of the craze of escape rooms of escape room in a box. Something like a phenomenon. Yeah, or escape rooms that you can do in your own home, essentially. And so you and I have been kind of on this journey to try as many of those as we can so that we can eventually do a big wrap-up oh, episode. It's a, it's a journey, all right? It's, it's a, a long and arduous yes. journey. Yes, it's hard. Um, so that's why, you know, eventually we do plan to have an episode where we break down a bunch of them for you, talk about which ones were good, which ones were bad, and what. <laughs> that is if I don't break down first. Yeah. But in the meantime, because that is taking a while, we wanted to, and we know that a lot of you are probably buying these, especially as we're getting into the holiday seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to give you a couple tips about doing these kind of things. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say one, if, if you really, like, if you've never done an escape room before, um, you know, maybe you don't have them in your area or you don't have a group of people to go with. Uh, I will say that they are not quite the same as doing an actual escape room. No, it's a good pseudo film. Uh-huh. Like, we actually went for a little dry spell of not doing escape rooms for a couple, like a month and a half or so, uh-huh. you know. And I was kind of feeling an itch. So, like, it it scratches that itch enough, mm-hmm. but, like, nothing quite like a good escape room. Yeah, yeah. And especially because a lot of these, um, especially the exit and unlock series they're very much just little little cards essentially Mm -hmm. and that's definitely not the experience you're going to have in a real escape room because in a real escape room you can actually pick something up and turn it over and examine it Uh, and you have a three-dimensional environment because it's real life yeah and you know is it up here is it down there is it behind the thing is it under the thing did you flip the chair upside down you know Uh did you rip up with the teddy bear what's going on you know yeah i always say that you know an escape room is like 
a real life video game. Yeah. And you're not going to get that. With predefined rules. Yeah. You're not going to get that out of a bunch of little pieces of paper, basically. Yeah. So, you know, keep that in mind. The other thing is most of them will go up to however many players you want them to. It says typically in the box like six to eight. Yeah. Let's be realistic. No, don't do it. <laughs> How many should you... Lauren, in our experience, working with groups of two to four to six... To six. How many people would you say is good for these? Two. Yes. I would not go over two for these, really. So that's a hard two. That's a two. I, You know, and the other thing is, really, if you're one of those people who, for whatever reason, maybe your partner's not into this, you don't have a partner, you don't have people to do these with, you could do these as one person. Yeah, it's a one or two person game. Yeah, exactly. I would not, there's just, it's too hard for everyone to pay attention. It's too hard for everyone to get involved. No, it's not it's, even that. It's not even about paying attention to getting involved. What it's about is that it's too hard for everyone to see what is the main focus yeah, what's going exactly. on right now. Because essentially... And most of these so far have been very linear. I was just about to say that essentially yeah. these are all linear puzzles and you only have the one piece of paper in front of you. Mm -hmm. So best case scenario, usually they're smaller than this, but best case scenario, let's assume you have an 8 by 11 standard size paper from your printer uh -huh. that has the puzzle on it, right? How many people can crowd around that and properly see it from the yeah. right orientation? Three, maybe? Mm -hmm. But even then, like that third person's like really leaning over and trying yeah. to get in there, you know? Yeah, it's really hard for everyone to be engaged. So two people is more of a sweet spot, I think. Mm. And like I said, you could easily do a lot of them with one person, too. The, the other thing is be be a little bit wary of any of the subscription ones. Mm -hmm. We've recently done did a subscription <laughs> one. That, oh, this is so annoying. Well, it, it, was, it was actually better than the first subscription True. one we did. True. The first one we did... Um, it wasn't very good. I We are probably going to end up trying them again before we do a full review because it's been a while and that was like their very first try. Yeah. So I want to see if they've improved a little you bit. You mean that Time Traveler one? Yes. Yeah. Um, the problem with these is in some cases you're paying a lot of money for a bunch of Xerox pieces of paper that probably cost them like 20 cents to put together. Yeah. You know, shipping probably costs more than the product itself, and you're paying like 30 or 40 bucks for it. Mm -hmm. So just be a little bit wary of those. Um, right now, if, like I said, we'll give a full review at some point. Right now, I would say, if I had to say, of, of the ones we've done, the best one we've probably done was the Werewolf Experiment. Oh, which yeah. Was I forgot all about it that. It was originally a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. um, but I believe Hasbro bought them out. So now you can buy it through Hasbro. Okay. Um, I would say that's probably the best one we've done. We were not a fan of the exit ones. No. The unlock ones are a little bit better, although we did one that we did not care those, for. Those you can actually re-gift, though, because there's... That's, yeah, that's keep another them, It's just point. a deck of cards, essentially, and you just put them back in the box. Yeah, that's another good point. Some of them are once and dones. Exits are once and done. Because you, you literally damage things, you rip things apart. Things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas um, some of them you can actually, even though they wouldn't be really fun to go through again, you can actually package it up and give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. Um, so think about that too when you're buying it. If you want to invest $14 in something you're going to destroy or $14 in something you're going to be able to like give to another friend and afterwards. You, yeah, so that's why I think it's best to be like, if you are going to have like a game night with like four people or more, uh -huh. right? Do teams of two or mm. maybe one. You know, we're like, here's the thing for an hour. You guys go do this. We're going to go in the other room and play some other game. Yeah. Right? And then, like, time yourself. So and, that way there's yeah. no cheating and, like, you know, watching what they did, you know. And then we'll try to compare times at the end. That could be yeah, a fun thing. that could be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, that's kind of our initial, like, uh, 
don't think this is something that you're going to buy for your party of 10 people no. and everyone's going to have fun. It's not going to be that fun. Trust me. Can I can I give one more tip sure. before we go? Learn Morse code. <laughs> yeah, lately, we've been having a lot of, yeah. There's we, a lot of Morse code. We did one that had a lot of Morse code, and then I feel like we did something else recently where we had to do a bunch of Morse code. Well, we did a couple of escape rooms recently where we had to do Morse code. Like, remember the Orient Express one? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had to do, yeah. Yeah, so we, we're discovering that we might just need to learn Morse code because it comes up a lot in our everyday life. <laughs> in a weird, weird Who way. thought? Yeah, yeah, right? So, like, learn Morse code or at least, like, get someone who's got, like, the best, like, musical ear. Yeah. Like, find someone who's a musician mm. or has some kind of musical training to, like, listen. Yeah. Which is weird because you've actually, you know how to play an instrument. At least you did. I used to. Yeah. I never knew how to play an instrument besides Mary had a little lamb on the piano. <laughs> yet I'm the one who's doing Morse code because I can hear yeah. the dits and dots. Well, I can hear the dits and dots, but they move too fast for me. I, I, I guess maybe I just have faster reflexes. Like, maybe. Because of all the video games, like yeah. decades of practice. <laughs> I knew it paid off somewhere, Mom. Yeah, right. Yeah, so basically, if, if you are thinking about getting into these, you know, buyer beware a little bit. Um, I will say the most popular exit and unlock are the most popular. Those are the ones you're going to see in the game store a lot. Yeah. Um, I would go unlock over exit personally. Yeah. Unlock also has a nice little app that kind of helps out. <laughs> but make sure the sounds turn on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, that is a good tip though. Um, we both had the volume all the way up on our phone and it was not playing. And some of the, the clues were actually audio clues. So you had to be able to listen to them. And we're like, why is it not playing? And it, we realized our phones were technically on mute for like Ringer and stuff. And that was why the app wouldn't play. So don't be a dumb dumb like us. <laughs> yeah. So we were like so frustrated. We were like looking on forums like, why is this not we, working? Yeah. We were both like, we tried both our phones. We both broke out headphones. We were so like annoyed. Uh, we've also done Stargazer's Manor. That one's not terrible. I like that one personally, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not to say there aren't some good ones out there. And it's also not to say that they're not enjoyable. I would just say they are they make them out to be escape rooms, and they're not really... They, you aren't really getting the same experience. Yeah, it's just, I don't think we have the vocabulary to properly name them right what now. What they are, yeah. It's not escape room, but that's the closest I can get. Uh, yeah. You know? I would actually say, you know, I've kind of made the comment, on, if you follow us on social media... That I actually feel that Time Stories is a better a, a, yeah. escape room than some of these escape room in the boxes. And Time Stories not marketed as an escape room in a box. No, it's marketed but as it, a board game. The the decision making that you do mm -hmm. and the way that you can all kind of work somewhat independently in some situations yeah. makes it feel more escape room. -like. We need to get that combined with... Yeah, one and of the fact things. that sometimes you have to communicate things without the other person being able to see what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would go Time Stories actually over some of these. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So now let's talk real escape rooms, Greg. So, Greg, we're kind of lucky in the fact that we live in Southern California. And when it comes to escape rooms, Southern California is considered to have some of the best escape rooms in the country. Land of milk and honey for yeah. us. But we did recently go up to Idaho to visit with your family, and we did an escape room with your sister and your brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And it was my first time doing an escape room out, out of the state. I was really, really nervous because we've talked about, at least in passing, the escape room that I did up there, uh -huh. which was barely definable as an escape room. Yeah, it was you know, awful. It was 
Basically, zero out of five stars. Yeah, we don't. You don't even like to count it as an escape room in our list of escape rooms that we've done. No, like, it was a money pit. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> it was worthless. Yeah. Um, so this one, your sister had done one of their other rooms mm-hmm. a while back, and so they we kind of picked one that you know they hadn't done, but it was at a location that they had been to. So, so that, they at least had a recommendation of like this is somewhat decent. Yeah, exactly. And we should say that your sister and your brother in law have never done one outside of Idaho. No. So we went to Panic Room in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So they have two rooms at this location. Um, at the time that we went, they have a spy room and a pirate room. And it does look like that they have a um, haunted cabin room coming up um, this year for Halloween. Ah, okay. Um, so your family had done the spy room before. And so we decided we were going to do the pirate room. Yeah. So that way everyone, it's a new puzzle for us. Yeah. Um, and we've done a couple of pirate ones in the past. Not too many, actually, even though it is a popular theme. It's just for whatever reason we haven't. We haven't hit it that often, yeah. Yeah. So what, what was weird about this location was, I mean, for, you know, normal lobby situation, everything like that. Oh, yeah. But what was weird is there was no, like, intro or really story to the room. No. We were just shown a video that talked about, like, the rules, sort of. Which but is standard fare. Yeah, yeah, but, and then kind of let into the room and then the one thing that they did tell us they did warn us they said be really careful of um the walls because they're it's kind of like a rough wood and people sometimes can get splinters or there might be some nails sticking out so it was like okay we definitely like, okay watch got out you for that. like weird building code got you yeah but, <laughs> but let, let me just iterate the the hostess was nice she yeah. was a pleasant woman she wasn't like oh i don't like my job level. Mm-hmm. but no she was enthusiastic and happy about it but it was just weird that she just like here's the room Come on in, 60 minutes, go, close the door. Like, no, like, you're here for Black Bart's treasure. None yeah, of that. Yeah, like, nothing. There was no just story. Like, Listen, you know what you're here for, get to it. Yeah, and that comment about being careful was definitely like, okay, don't, like, try to pry things off the walls and stuff like that. Mm. That clearly isn't going to be part of the game. Yeah. Little did we know it was going to be part of the game, that you do have to. It's like they put, like, wood siding up. But like rough wood siding that you would put like outside. And it's in a way where it's kind of like a cascading thing. Yeah. So like for each board, you can clearly, you can easily get your fingers underneath it. And if you used enough strength, you could pry it off. Yeah. In fact, they did have one that looked like people had tried to pry it off. So I was thinking like, maybe I have to lift this up. But you kept saying to me, no great two finger rule, two finger rule. Yeah. If you take more than two fingers worth of strength, don't do it. And you don't want to like destroy that room. Oh, it was clear that like some guy had gotten in there. It was like. Bam! Oh, yeah. it's nothing there. Let me push that back in. Yeah, and also, you know, I'm thinking of her warning. Like, okay, I don't want to get hurt. And clearly, if if you have to worry about that, then you probably aren't going to be pulling things off the wall. Yeah. And finally, we did, because we knew something was in the wall. That was We a got clue a clear got. clue that said something was hidden in a secret compartment in the wall. Yeah. But we we're like, where? Yeah, and so if we did finally find it, it was in a very weird place that, like... You wouldn't normally check. Literally the last place we checked in well, that entire yeah. room. But it was it was down by your feet, essentially. So that is, you know, I hate to give a spoiler, but it's down by your feet. And so, you know, we are checking all over the place, but we're not going along the ground pulling in the, on the boards there. Mm-hmm. So that was a little weird. Um, they also had another item that we kind of disagreed with where you, in order to do the puzzle, you had to unlock something that was very high up. 
And the only way you could do that was you had to stand on top of something, which is usually, at least in California, a no-no. Big no-no. Yeah, because it's unsafe. Someone could fall. So we were kind of like, okay, that, that's a little odd. I mean, it was the, the thing that we had to stand on was fairly sturdy, Like a at big least. steamer trunk. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, super dangerous. But just like I said, usually that's a no-no. But even still, because this is a sense... It was a very small room It overall. was very small. Like, I would not... Um, I'm not sure how many it goes up to. I think I'm, it went up to six. I think so. It looks like from their site, a lot of their rooms do go up to six. We had four, and I would not want to have been in there with any more people. Yeah, it's it was a small room in its total square footage yeah. divided into two. So uh -huh. imagine a small room. Essentially, it's take your a typical escape room, and the first room that you go into, mm -hmm. divide that in half. And then fill it with a bunch of junk. Yeah. And then that's what we have. Yeah, I mean, it was... And that's it. They're just those two rooms. Yeah, it was the size of, like, somebody's office. Yeah, literally. You know, so it Just somebody's small. office, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. The puzzles were okay, I would say. Nothing was super hard. No, but the puzzles, more than half of them, were clearly just there for puzzle's sake. Mm -hmm. They weren't properly hidden or worked into any kind of a narrative or theme it was just like here's a puzzle with four different uh jolly roger flags which one is the right one blah blah blah. yeah you know, and there were some things where it was like you have a chain that's like locked around something but it has like multiple combination locks you have to get through mm -hmm. or multiple key locks you have to get through so it's like okay well we got one lock now we got to find the other key you know so it was kind of just slowing you down a little bit and like they say this is the pirate room mm -hmm. but the only thing that made it piratey was just like the theme of some of the pictures on the wall. Like, it could have yeah. easily been... A Wild like, West a wild, Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Log Cabin Room. But yeah, uh -huh. it could have easily been so many other themes. But just because they put an eye patch and a, like, you know, hook on one of the skeleton's hands, that makes it a pirate room. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're making that into their cabin room for... Um, no, that's, for that's, the... that's clearly got to be the cabin room. Yeah. yeah. It should be. Because, like, there wasn't anything to do with, like, any kind of a chart of, like, you know, plotting a sea course or nothing. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything to do with pirate lingo or, like, Not you know, really. balancing out, like, this much money versus that much jewels. You uh -huh. know, something like that. Something that's, like, clearly a pirate thing would you would do. None of it. The only thing that we had to do was the high up thing. You had to, like, unfurl a flag. But, like we said, it was a good eight to nine feet off the ground, mm -hmm. you know, at, at least, if not higher. And so we had to stand on top of the steamer trunk to get up there. But yeah, and it was, was funny because there were some things like because the flag it had something like written on it, I think, or yeah. something. But what's funny is there were a couple like corrections in the room where like clearly someone had written something wrong, so they had just like scratched it out and written it again. Uh, yeah, the know? quality was not great. Like yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> the the problem with this room, so we got done with this room really fast. Mm -hmm. And the problem oh, with record this, time. Yeah, yeah, super fast. The problem with the room is that not that it's soup way too easy. I wouldn't say it was way too easy. I would say there wasn't enough to it. That no. is why we got done so fast. Yes. Because the puzzles, like I said, they you know, they could have been better. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible puzzles. It was just there weren't that many of them. So as soon as you solved them, you were, you know, yeah, like. <laughs> pretty much, right? And then there was four of us in there, mm -hmm. and we're all pretty smart. You know, yeah. like, you and I have done, like, a good amount by this point. You know, my brother-in-law, he's a doctor. So, uh -huh. like. And your sister's really smart, too. And she's, yeah, she's really up there as well. And she's done, they both done a couple of escape rooms on their own anyways. Uh -huh. So we all get what we're supposed to do. So we just went in there, went into full, like, escape room mode, and we got it done in, like, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, do we want to go 
do another escape room then because we yeah had, we had like an hour worth for the babysitter you yeah know? exactly like once we were done it was very much one of those oh that's it yeah like, that's it okay. and that was the other thing the ending itself was very anticlimactic mm-hmm. we were like we opened this chest and we're like okay there's a thing here what do we do and the girl comes in like you did it and we're like we did what yeah it was <laughs> like okay yeah it was very anticlimactic. It wasn't like there was like we opened the chest and this huge hoard of like jewels or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just you open the chest and then congrats. Yeah. Chest is opened. Yeah. And the the challenge there too was like you said, we had, you know, they have kids. And so they had some, you know, somebody watching the kids and you we couldn't just be like, let's find another one that's starting soon. You know, it was kind of like, Doesn't no, really work that way. Yeah. We have to go and like relieve the person watching the kids. So it was kind of like disappointing because we were hoping for, mm-hmm. you know, more more of a challenge and to spend more time doing that with them. Yeah. My other concern or uh, complaint about this room is honestly just the safety of it. Like I keep going yeah. back to that because you had a lot of splinters and they were with nails. And like you might, I don't know if they're arrested or not, it might get tetanus or at least like mm-hmm. impaled with a nail. And just... Because my sister was the one who got on top of the steamer trunk to... Yeah, because she was the lightest. Yeah, to get up on the thing. But like in the smaller half of the room that she was doing that in, there was a lot of like sharp angles and even sharp objects Mm -hmm. in there that she could have fallen and impaled herself on. If like, let's say that she's got fine balance and everything, but then I accidentally... Bump into it. Take a step back, bump into it, and like she falls. Which would be very likely because Greg's very uh, clumsy. Yeah, I'm super clumsy. <laughs> and he's got really big feet. So Size he bumps 13s. Into stuff. Yeah, so he bumps into his stuff with his feet a lot. All <laughs> the time, yeah. So, and then like it's a very small thing. And there's uh-huh. four people in there. Imagine w- yeah, six. Four adults in there, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's just, I, I really am concerned that this would be like a big hazard. So mm-hmm. I we see that they're changing it up. I really hope that they reevaluate some of those decisions yeah and fix it up i mean we also talked about it before about wear and tear in rooms and Mm -hmm. how i understand how you can't keep a room 100 percent pristine 100 percent of the time but some of the puzzles were really really worn down and beaten up and you need to replace those yeah and like i said just the fact that some of them you could tell like they messed up on them and so they were like oh well we'll just scratch it out and so it just made it kind of cheap feeling yeah. it was like no just go back and do it right like like there's there's this one part where there's a bookshelf mm-hmm. most escape rooms have a bookshelf i don't think it's a spoiler but i picked up one of the book and it almost disintegrated my hands <laughs> where like yeah. it was essentially like you have the hardback cover and then all the pages in it just like fell out <laughs> because it's just been so beat up over time. Mm. You know, come on, just buy another book. Go to a dollar store. You go to a dollar store. Go to an antique store. They're always selling, you know, you know older just, books really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it was just, it didn't feel like, I, I want to say that this room was fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong there. I had a good time. I think if it's you and I doing it alone, we probably would have taken a little bit longer because we don't have the extra pair of hands and eyes. Yeah, and it, it wasn't super linear either, which was nice. So it yeah. allowed us all to kind of work independently. That is true. But the thing is, it also does have a choke point of you have to get through the first, that door to get yeah. to the second part, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just, in general, I don't think I would recommend this room just mm-hmm. because there's no story. Yeah. The puzzles are clearly just there for the puzzle's sake. This feels like a first-generation escape room. Yeah, like, for sure. When they were first coming out, someone was like, oh, you can put a bunch of puzzles in a room and charge people to do them for you? Mm-hmm. Awesome, we'll do that. Yeah, and you you got to wonder, too, like some of these people who own these, um, how do how well 
how many rooms have they done too? And have they seen, you know, if they did one once years ago, have they seen how good escape rooms are now? I guess someone know? saw one once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a chain or not. I'm trying to find out. I don't think it is. No, it looks like it's not a chain. So this is our only location. Um, kind of thank goodness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I do like, I do know that for Idaho, if you are in that area, this was leagues um, better than what is out there. That's yeah, sure. true. Because Greg went to another one that was terrible. People, I had asked people online, um, if they had any recommendations for the area in Idaho is a very big state for one thing. So, yeah. um, but where Greg's family lives in Coeur d'Alene is very close to Spokane, Washington. And a lot of people said, go to Spokane over, um, Coeur d'Alene, you'll get a little bit better rooms mm -hmm. there. Um, I do like, it makes me really frustrated because I really wish that your family would come out here and we could take them to some rooms out here. I know. Because we have such good rooms and it's like, oh man, you, you have to see what some of the, I know. What Can you imagine my mother in the basement? <laughs> well, not your mother. But <laughs> <laughs> she would just be like, nope, not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're going to put that hood on my head? No, you're not. No, son. yeah. Well, and what's, what's sad is you did a room with your family, more, more of your family um, the really bad room you did and your mom kind of doesn't like escape rooms now and I think it's partially just because of that room. I told you they are like blind dates. If you have one bad one yeah. at the start it will sour you on the entire concept. Yeah because I, she even made the comment like oh well I don't think I, I'm not really into that or you know and it it and is. I try to tell think, her, no, the first one you did was like garbage. Yeah, so no one would be into that. Yeah. You know? Um, so people get that idea of... Are you into having your head just slammed against a brick wall for 60 minutes? Because that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people will either decide that, oh, I, escape rooms aren't something I like, mm -hmm. or escape rooms aren't something I'm good at. And so they don't come back to them. So that first experience yeah. can really make or break things. And don't get me wrong, I understand that this hobby is not for everyone. Yeah. There are some people out there who that I admit and recognize that's not your thing. Yeah. For example, your dad. Yeah. Your dad is notorious for saying and on record, I do not like to play games. Mm -hmm. He's not that kind of person. So an escape room would not interest him. Yeah. I totally get that. And so I don't bug him about it. You know, uh -huh. other people listening, maybe you're the same way. Maybe you like board games, but escape rooms, mm, not my thing. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I'm just saying that if you have had a bad experience, and you're like, I don't think this is my thing. Really evaluate. Was it because the room was stupid and too hard mm -hmm. that you didn't like it? Or was it because you honestly just did not like the actual yeah. experience? And there's also rooms that they'll say, oh, well, they have like the escape rate is super low. Like very few people escape from that room. And that's always a bit of a red flag to me mm -hmm. because sometimes that means your room is actually like not very good something and that's is fundamentally why, flawed yeah that's why people aren't escaping like your logic is not right your it jumps around too much people don't get it and that doesn't make your escape room good or challenging it makes it not very good or it could be that there's just too much stuff for an hour true yeah there, there's definitely a room that we'll probably have coming up here where i felt like it wasn't so much that it was challenging there was just so many puzzles that it was quite you like know, if we don't have like more than just us we're yeah, not gonna die yeah yeah i mean it may it might have been better if we had more people i don't know but we'll we'll get to that one <laughs> in a future episode yet to come yeah. <laughs> All right. So overall, though, final word on this. Do you I, think it's worth checking out? I think it's worth checking out. Well, but okay. only if, like, you really have nothing better to do yeah. that evening. I would say, okay, I if would not. If you're not willing to make the drive. I, wouldn't, I would not recommend that 
Panic Room, Coeur d'Alene, to um, people who do a lot of escape rooms. Yeah. But if you live in the area and you don't have very many options, and you want to try, and you want to try room. one, the, you know, the, these are okay. I would say. Yeah, it's a good starter. Yeah. You know, it. I don't think it'll turn you off escape rooms. No, it it may turn you on to escape rooms. Yeah. I don't think it's going to turn you off. But it's puzzles are straightforward enough mm -hmm. that like you can oh, okay I kind of see what you're doing here you yeah because also when you're starting out you kind of want a room that's a little bit easier too yeah just because then you get how mm -hmm. it works yeah because some things um, too if you're an enthusiast and you do a lot of rooms you kind of get used to some of the puzzles after a while yeah. so you kind of know oh or we we find this long letter right. And we're like, oh, this letter's not really telling us anything. We are going to find something that we're going to place over it, and it's going to show us certain words. Exactly. It's like, just, we can spot that now. You learn, like, the shorthands yeah. of how to, like, decipher clues. Yeah, and you also, you learn that, oh, this is one of those puzzles. Okay, but I've seen that before. This room clearly has, like, okay, so we have, like, five items in a row. They're all different colors. On the wall, we have words with different colors. Uh -huh. I guess it has to match somehow, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So I, I think this is a good room for beginners. Or if you're in the area and you're desperate, mm -hmm. sure, why not? I'd probably say yeah. to the spy one since we know the pirate has no theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you'll have you'll have a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have a good time, and like afterwards, you'll have plenty of time to go get a coffee or something afterwards. Like uh, how right, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, just really, really be careful. Mm, you know. Yeah. And if you don't feel safe doing something, voice your concerns. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, and that's maybe we should have kind of mentioned to them. You know, that's not really safe because. Maybe if enough people mention that to him, they're like, hmm, let's rethink this, you know? And before we wrap up the section, I have to have one personal note on Aww. this. So we did get the record time. Yeah. Oh, board, yeah. <laughs> and we got to, like, write our number on the chalkboard. Mm -hmm. My sister was so happy to do yeah. that. And usually after escape rooms, they have a section where you can hold up signs. Uh-huh, and take a picture. And take a picture and saying, like, we did it or whatever. And my sister, she held up a sign that was double-sided. On the side that she wanted, it wanted to say something like too easy or like we're the best. But she had a sign saying essentially like full of regrets. No, it something. said um, that was humbling. Oh, yeah, that was humbling. Yeah. That's the, that's the exactly it. Yeah. And she, she said so that was mad humbling. When she realized and what's it. funny is that we were like halfway driving home and then she like got texted the picture because sometimes uh -huh. they'll do that. They'll say, give me your number and I'll text you the picture that I took mm -hmm. with the company phone. And then she says, you guys, we have to turn back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was really upset. We have to go back and do you think they'll take our picture again? And we said, no, we're not going back to take a picture. We did not like that place too much, <laughs> and we want to move on with our yeah. evening to go play board games or something. It's not even Friday, but we need it, you know? Yeah, so beware of the double-sided signs. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that you're holding up the right one, you know? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a good, funny story, and I'll never let that down, ever. <laughs> I always go to her and say, wow, that was a real humbling experience for you, wasn't it, Becky? You know, your kids graduated from college. What a humbling experience. So, Friday favorites time, Greg. What, what are we feeling this week? Yes, this is releasing beginning of November, mm -hmm. but we're recording this late October. Mm -hmm. So I would tell you, my Friday favorite is perfectly on point. Okay. In the rules section of the game, it usually has a little bit of a story sometimes. In this story, the game takes place on the night of Hollow's Eve. Oh, no. It takes place in a windswept manner with all the lights down and the ghostly spirit realm is closer oh, to us. Oh, I think I know what you're doing. We are going to play Mysterium. <laughs> I actually have been wanting to do this for a while to get Mysterium again. Mm -hmm. You know, get it out, get it 
big group of people, and I actually have I have a house rule for Mysterium because I don't like the little tiny timer that they give you for the yeah, thing. Yeah, we don't play it with the timer because yeah. We, well, I like to play with the timer, but not that. I actually have a full hour hourglass. So what I do is whenever I play this team, I just turn that over. Uh-huh. And so like if you take a short while on this round and a long time on that one, it evens out, you know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, technically the game is marked as like 47 minutes long, but mm-hmm. like, oh, give us an hour, yeah. you know. Yeah. And plus it puts a little bit more like panic in the minute at the end, like, oh my God, the thing's almost out. We yeah. had to get moving, you know. It's kind of funny because we've almost played it a couple times recently. Yeah. And like something always happens where we play something else before and then we don't have time for Mysterium. Mm-hmm. But I want to go full-fledged with this because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. I want to get like a couple little decorations set. I want to get a black tablecloth and I'm actually going to put a bunch of candles around. So it's all good. Because how cool would that be? Yeah. Play the game by candlelight only. Uh, so like not only do you have to interpret what I'm trying to tell you with the cards, you have to be able to see what the cards are. <laughs> Which is difficult sometimes for us. <laughs> the ghost is going to be behind the screen. What is that? I can't. I know, right? That, you see, you're holding like candles. Holding a candle. So like trying not to burn it alive. <laughs> oh God, I got wax on your cards. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, whatever. But that's, that's what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, then you can leave. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, that was very mean. You can stay. <laughs> well, mine actually is a it's somewhat based on what we've been discussing. We mentioned in our dice roll the game Time Stories. Mm-hmm. And we recently got to play our second version of Time Stories because there's multiple expansions. And each one's like a stories. unique story with a unique artist and a unique yeah. way that the game works. Yeah, exactly. They each works up somewhat differently. Um so we got to play the the dragons um I'm Prophecy not, of Dragons. Prophecy of Dragons. I'm a Steel trap yeah. for mines for like rules and stuff. Um, it's kind of a and D esque. Yeah, you... it, it's weird because it's okay. The thing is called time stories. Mm-hmm. This looks like D and D, but it's with like magic and stuff, so like kind of evil stuff. Yet they specifically say this takes place on a different planet. <laughs> yeah. So like, why? I know. Why does it need to be another planet? Why can't it just be within our timeline yeah. on Earth? Um, but so this was our second time doing it. We did the original one that comes in the box, which mm-hmm. we all really liked. That one's um, kind of like you're in a an asylum. mental asylum. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this was very different than that one. Um, but it was like just as enjoyable. There, once again, there was like some really like funny, crazy cross hat. You know, like basically yeah, it happened to me. <laughs> Greg, for those uh, of you who know, no, for those of you who have played this game, mm-hmm. it happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, in the first game, essentially at one point, you think someone's going to give you a clue, and you have to, like, find him some things, and then it turns out he's not going to give you a clue. It's a big waste of time. He's insane, and he's going to do a little dance for you, and you're going to be left empty-handed. Mm-hmm. And in this one, essentially, Greg bought an item Yeah. that he thought someone said they had this item that would help us, and it turned out to be um, panties. Male panties, Male panties. thank you. And soiled <laughs> leopard printed yes. male banana. And hammock. if you had been there, he was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I was furious. He I was, was like, like, I, I wasted money this. on this. But at the same time, I also had the two best experiences because there's a point in there where you can gamble because you actually have to pay money, like gold pieces. So I go to gamble, it's a double or nothing thing. So I put all my money down on the table, just like whatever, the rest of you have money to cover me in case I mess this up. And I double it, you know. And so then later we come back there because we had to come back to the same location. So while the rest of you are investigating this like possible secret ex- 
like tunnel or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm gambling again and I win again <laughs> and I have all this money. Yeah. And you guys are going down the cellar and I such I kind of like role play like so I'm just like scooping money down my shirt, yeah. you know, just like I'm We're coming, like, I'm coming. On. And like there's like that one like little spinning gold piece left at the table and I quickly like reach to like, grab it, <laughs> but like you're pulling me by my shirt, you know. Yes, and then later, not to give any spoilers, but essentially the briefs come back. They come back in a big way, a big which way. was like. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. I was just like, you know what? I I, I, I doubted. I'm never gonna doubt again. <laughs> it was kind of funny because like somebody on Instagram, I posted that on Instagram and someone was like, How are soiled like briefs do you anything in the game? And I was like, You wait. just have to play it. Like just I can't wait. tell you. <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was equally as enjoyable. We haven't gotten all the way through this one yet. Which is one of the things I love about Time Stories is the box is actually designed to let you save your game. To like save state pause, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is like, once again, it's like a video game. It's like we hit the save button. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I still think that's like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So If only they could do that in escape rooms in case you need to pee. <laughs> okay. Can we pause? I have to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just have to. Right I now. have actually heard of some escape rooms that will let you leave to go to the bathroom. Which I always thought, well, it's only an hour, like, go before. But I never thought, what if you're pregnant? Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and that's what a couple people said. It said, I'm heavily pregnant and I like to do escape rooms, but I... But I have the, the bladder the size of a pea. Yeah, and sometimes and, it's erratic. <laughs> and this little one in here will roll on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think that does that for our November episode. Do you have anything to add, Greg? I love you. <laughs> Music for this episode is provided by Bentown.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come and talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.